Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Maura Z and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, December 24th, 2019. And we are reading today in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in the chapter into action and we're on page 78. We'll be reading the first paragraph and commenting on it. Today's readers are Vicki V for the 12 Steps, Lane C for the 12 Traditions, Harlan G, Allison L, and Martha Z will be reading from the text. And our newcomer greeter is Matt F from Illinois. And our second hour host is Stacy K. Thank you to all for service. Reference numbers for yesterday, 7 a.m., share ID 13,862, 13862. Yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID 13,864-13864. preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and help. Someone's unmuted. If you could please press star 1 to check your lines. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and help are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Vicki V, would you please read the 12 steps of OA? Yes, Maura, thank you. Hi, good morning, fellows. This is Vicki V, recovered sugar addict and compulsive overeater, grateful today on Christmas Eve. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service, and I pass. Thank you, Vicki. And Lane C., will you please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous? I sure would, Maura. This is Lane C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Rochester, New York. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you, Lane C., for your service. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, please let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter Into Action, and we're on page 78. We're going to be reading and commenting on the first paragraph only, which begins in nine cases out of ten. And Harlan G., would you please get us started this morning, and thank you so much for your service. Thank you, Maura. I'd be honored to, and thank you for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. 
in nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens. Sometimes the man we are calling upon admits his own fault, so feuds of years standing melt away in an hour. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. Our former enemies sometimes praise what we are doing and wish us well. Occasionally, they will offer assistance. It should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. We have made our demonstration, done our part. It's water over the dam. Uh, as I said, I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And this paragraph is a warning to me. And what this warning is, is that in my ninth step endeavors, I have sometimes had false expectations and false agendas. And what I mean by that is there were people that I, quote unquote, were there to make amends to that I had really not harmed. I had not harmed them in any way. My life might have been somewhat of a disappointment to them if they thought about it at all. If not, what I was there for really was they had broken off a friendship, they had broken off a relationship with me, and I was really there to try to manipulate them into being my friend again. Or I was there because I felt like uh, I just wanted to sort of grandstand. I sort of wanted to do something to bring attention to myself. And that's not really what this is about. And my false expectations. My expectations were, oh, everything's going to be fantastic now and blah, blah, blah. And that's not the way it goes. Some people that I made amends to, and just about all my amends were amends of money, and that's going to be covered in the next paragraph. Um, I had to pay them back, and some of them took the money and some of them did not. But they were very, some were, most were very, very supportive of me. What I have to remember as I endeavor to do God's work here, is that I have no privilege to expectations of another person's behavior. That is so important for me to remember. If I am thinking that I am going to make amends to you, pay you the money back, apologize for my wrongdoing, or whatever that may be in the case of, of any of us, I have absolutely no privilege, no right to think now you're going to behave in a certain way. What am I reminded of constantly in the book? Selfishness is, the, is one of the most horrible things. And what is selfishness? It's that script I have in my mind, that script I have of your behavior and the behavior of the world around me. Self-centeredness, resentment. I am not doing step nine so that you won't resent me. You are free to resent me. I am there to sweep off my side of the street. I am there to restitute you for any money I might have taken from you that I did not pay back. I'm there to show you contrition for my wrongdoing. I am not there so that you won't resent me. So in summation here, the whole thing boils down to expectation. If I have realistic expectations, I'll be fine unrealistic expectations, I'm setting myself up for more heartache, and that's not what this step is about. And with that, I will pass. Thank you.
Thank you, Harlan G., for your service. So if you have not shared in the last day or two and you would care to, please give me your first name, your first initial of your last name, and I will repeat back to you whomever I hear. So who would like to share? Nancy KDG from Boston. KDG? Nancy P. Larry K. Larry K. On M. On M. KDG. KDG. One more, maybe? Barbara E. Barbara E. Okay. This is who I heard. Ginger C. Nancy P. Larry K. On M. Katie G. Barbara E. If you're not Ginger C., please mute your phone with a star one. Good morning, Ginger. Good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Over Ear in Colorado. And I love this first sentence. It's little hope for us because um, these nine steps, you know, this is hard work. I'm going to go to somebody and I'm going to make an amend. And what what's going to happen? This is unknown. And it's a little scary. And um, I can feel a little apprehensive. But in nine cases out of the 10, the unexpected happens. And that just gave me hope. And it's been a continued hope because as I continued this practical program of action and I kept my muscles moving, I was surprised what happened with most of these amends. And the greatest surprise was that I have a connection today to a mother that I never had. And I also disconnected in a way that was killing me and keeping me eating over and over because I had such a deep resentment that I didn't even know. She lived in another state. I thought she was out of sight, out of mind, not bothering me at all. And she was killing me internally. And I kept eating and not knowing why. But... um, At the bottom, this is where I really wanted to talk about because it should not matter, however, if someone does not or does throw us out of his office. We have made our demonstration and we have done our part and it's water over the dam. And I had one amends that did not go well in my eyes, in my opinion, because the person did not want to receive the amends. They never reached back to me. And I was really afraid of that because I thought, well, I haven't completed these amends and I'm going to eat. I've got to get this done. So this self-reliance came back in and this selfishness and self-centeredness started to rise because I've got to get this done, don't you know? I can't afford to have another bite back into my mouth. And if I don't complete these amends perfectly, I'm going to eat. And it is so important. The most important thing we do each and every day is to try not to create any more harm than we already have. And if someone says no or they don't respond, leave them alone. You may create more harm by pushing the envelope. They have clearly stated where they're at and you need to respect that. And the gift is, is that you are ready to go when they are. But you don't send an email and still get that letter through so you can check it off and feel good about yourself. You just allow it and you let it be. And I've just seen and heard over the few years of doing this work now where people push the envelope. And again, the most important thing, we're trying not to create any more harm. And that person just may not be ready. It may hurt them too much to do the amends. You don't know. This is God's world. We let the outcome be up to God. 
but we definitely don't push it. We allow it. And then if that time presents itself, we're ready to go. And with that, I pass. Spot on timing. Thank you, Ginger C. And Nancy P., it's your turn, followed by Larry K. Good morning, Nancy. Hi, good morning. Thanks for letting me share. This is Nancy P. calling from Boston and um, well, Western Massachusetts next to Boston um, recovered. So, yeah, um, I was kind of scared when I had to make amends because even the rest of it, you know, um, seemed almost theoretical until that point. But then when I actually had to pick up the phone or, you know, approach somebody and really talk about what I had done, um, it was a little scary. But even having said that, you know, the hardest part of everything was the the initial surrender. And um, so most of my amends went swimmingly and um, some people didn't even know what I was asking, you know, what I was calling about, even though I had done, in my opinion, um, egregious harm until the one guy and who I really liked, somebody that I really liked that I had done something that at work relationship that I had done something that he found so objectionable. He um, said that he never wanted to see me again. And he did that in a formal way, like with an HR person and um, in, an, in a meeting. And I was, I remember I was white faced, literally all the blood drained from my head. And, um, and then, so that was, you know, that was the harm. And then years later, I wanted to make amends and um, he didn't want anything to do with me. And, and it was hard to, to um, put up, you know, to not put up with that, but to accept that. And I had to go back and talk to my sponsor about it and say, tell what happened. And I got the exact same message (laughs) that it says in the book, like, you know, that my job is just to accept where, what happens. I made the effort. And, um, you know, I've since, you know, I've since learned that was the first time that I went through the big book step study process and it didn't take. And I ate for 13 more years because I had no humility. I thought, I thought it was going to be just like what it said. You know, I thought I was going to be amazed again, amazed before I was halfway through and, you know, to coin a phrase or to borrow a phrase. And, um, I wasn't, I was, humiliated even though nobody but me knew of my humiliation and um but it was a it was a cautionary tale like i learned about expectations and it's and it stood me in good stead since then and just as harlan said i have no right i you know just because some of my experiences were went well didn't mean that everything was going to go well and you know i have since learned in my amend making, I don't say that I'm sorry. I acknowledge my behavior and I say that it, that, um, that my plan going forward is to not be that way. That's what works for me. And, um, it saved me from saying empty promises of sorry. And, um, and, and it's worked for me. And, um, and that's all I have to say that I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Larry K., it's your turn, followed by Arn M. Good morning, Larry. Uh, thank, good morning. Thanks so much uh, for your service. Um, you know, uh, if if the uh, completion of these amends is about reconciliation 
and receiving forgiveness, I would advise you to, to, to chase after people, uh, you know, run after them. If they don't want to hear from you or if it doesn't go well, stay after them. Thankfully, it's not about that at all, as already has been alluded to here. This is, you know, about making repentance. You know, if we take a deeper dive into step nine, um, you know, with regard to this personal health cleaning, first step nine is an act of repentance. It's not, if that sounds like a religious term, I, I don't mean it that way at all. Repentance is merely an expression of regret. If I'm too absorbed in what you did to me, you know what I regret? Not much, not much. So inherent in any desire to repent for harms done, there are markers I have found. There are elements, if you will, that I have to consider. One of the first ones is acknowledgement of the wrong I did, and that's we, we step four. The second one is the willingness to confess it. I did that in step five. Another one, the third, is the willingness to abandon it. That's one that I didn't understand. I needed to abandon this behavior. That's step six and seven. And then finally, the willingness to make restitution, which we're doing in steps eight and nine. See, many of us dream of having a clean house. I always dream of having a clean house, but there's very few of us that are willing to do the cleaning. And cleaning is, is much more of a practice than it is a project. It's a practice. It's an ongoing practice. And in, in step nine, we learn how to live as the type of person who makes amends quickly with humility, you know, shredding false pride, no longer feeling weak and diminished by making the amend. That person hurt me. If I go to that person, they're, they're going to have a smirk on their face. That's okay. I don't feel weak and diminished. See, the opposite is true. Admitting and, and, and owning up to correcting my wrongs, regardless of what they may have done. See, that actually strengthens us beyond measure because God's grace is so powerful. When it enters our hearts, we become forgiving. We're strengthened by it. To forgive is to set a prisoner free. And, and you know what? I discovered that the prisoner was me. And making authentic restitution was not necessarily because the other person even deserved the forgiveness. What we learn is that I deserved peace. And then alignment with God came with that peace. And I have found that there's healing and compassion. There's a beauty in empathy. And there's a grace in forgiveness. I become untethered. With that, I pass. Thanks, Maura. Thank you, Larry. On M and followed by KDG. I'm all right, Dan, and recovered from uh, from Ireland. Thank you so much for your service, and uh, thank you, everyone on the line. And, um, yeah, love this part, Step 9. You know, and just, just bringing to mind the principle behind Step 9 is love, love for other people. Um, and like we shared, you know, it's not about forgiveness for me. It's about me cleaning my side of the street and keeping, you know, God's work. It's about my... My behavior, my self-will, you know, my selfish and self-centeredness, and um, yeah, love that part. You know, we have we have made our demonstrations on our part, and um, you know, and it's about the part, you know, where I go to the person that I have harmed, not looking for forgiveness, but looking looking to to make right the wrongs, um, and having no expectation. Um, yeah, love that part, and you know the principle of love, love for the other person. If I'm selfish and self-centered, I'm looking for, for 
for really for forgiveness um, and that that's the wrong motive and if you know the parts as well the living apart it's water it's, it says just that last part it's water over the dam because i can go back and start start making more amends and undoing the amends i've made um, and that's just that's not the purpose of it but my living amends are they're continuous and they're the hardest they're the ones that i have to be consistent every day, you know, be self-sacrificing. Um, you know, it's not what I want. It's, it can be uncomfortable sometimes, you know, to put myself out. But that's, that's the part of me that needs to, uh, you know, to take action and, and, and not a wording, not a wording amend. And I'm so grateful I have this program and the freedom, the freedom around the food, the neutrality, and, and to live in harmony and peace with my fellows. So with that I pass and thanks everybody on the line. Thank you. On M, Katie G, it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Maura. You know, my book tells me I can be sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. It's not my job to go in there and set boundaries about what someone else says to me about what my harm was to them. That's not what this is about. I don't want to eat today, okay? So I need to show up. It's not Get Comfortable Anonymous. If you want to be comfortable, wrong program. Last year at this time, I made an amend to my mother-in-law. She spent 20 minutes telling me what it was like to be in relationship with me. She was crying and told me that it was so painful and she wanted to stop trying to have a relationship with my daughter because of my actions. I have carried that with me throughout this year, and every time my selfishness wanted to block her, I called one of you and we said, no, KDG, you are a channel of love for this woman. You are not to block, right? It wasn't comfortable, but that's what I did. And I'm not in the outcomes business, called sister-in-law last year at this time, made an amend. She wanted to have a relationship with me in which she badmouthed mother-in-law. It was not okay for her not to be able to say to me bad things about my mother-in-law because that's who she is and that's fine, no judgment. Resentment is a dubious luxury of her, not me. So outcomes business, I don't get to have a perfect sister-in-law anymore relationship, right? It's my ego that wants to make an amend so I can get on the line and say, KDG has a perfect relationship with her sister-in-law. Well, guess what? I don't. She doesn't want to talk to me. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. And the other thing is, it's not about me going in there aware of the other person's mistakes. I'm the one with the 12-step program. I'm the one that needs to set it right. I'm the one that's done the harm. So my job is to go, regret my behavior, and I'm going to say something too. And if, if, you ha if your sponsor says something differently, go for it. I don't text message amends. I don't do drive-by amends. I don't call people and say, hey, you know, I, can we talk now? Like, I'm very mindful about how I communicate my wrongs. I follow the instructions in this book. I make an appointment, and then I go out of my way to be uncomfortable so they're comfortable. Because I'm the one with the 12-step program. I'm the one that's going to eat. I'm the one that's done the harm. So I need to communicate in a way that has respect, depth, 
and meaning for the other person because I'm the one that's done wrong. This isn't a ticker tape parade. I'm coming from behind. And with that, I'll wrap up with that. With that, I get freedom. Freedom is not free. Thank you, God, for this process. Thank you, KDG. Barbara E., it's your turn, please. Good morning. Good morning. Wow, I am overwhelmed by everything that I've heard in all the previous shares. Well, for me, at this point in my step work, I may have been trudging the road to happy destiny, but I'd reached the point where I had to repair what I left behind me, the shattered relationships, and there were, when I was in my active and even inactive addiction. I likely lied. Huh, likely. Of course I lied. I cheated. I stole in order to get, use, and hide the food, my drug of choice, because addiction created absolute moral wreckage. So step nine of AA and OA is the perfect time to let some go of some of the horrible way I feel about my past and to radically repair relationships if I can. In my experience, working around with the weight of amends that needs to be taken really sucks. More importantly, living over with the leftover guilt and shame from past wrongdoings prevents me from moving forward. So you've probably already discovered I'm a slow learner that by staying clean and sober and by working the 12 steps of AA, things are getting better. And that's because I am doing my best to become a better person. And that means clearing up the wreckage, going in with no expectation that we will restore our former relationship and be dancing through the tulips together. They may slam the door in our face, They may not even remember what I'm referring to, but that's not important. I go with sincerity. I go with God at my back, and I tell them exactly what I am repentant about and what I plan to do to repair the damage. And I ask them, seriously, is there anything else you would like to add? Because step nine is a big, the one some of us may likely have created some anxiety over. I know I did, but I had to, as was just said, go make eyeball-to-eyeball amends to the people. And some people I had to make a living amends to, my husband, my son, who I live with every day. I can tell them I'll never be impatient again, but realistically... I probably will. Hopefully, my God will whisper to me, Barbara, don't say that. And then there may be ways for people like me to make indirect amends, finding ways to repair the damage that that cannot be reversed. Living amends, indirect, direct. It's all about becoming a better person. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. So we are on page 78 in the chapter Into Action. We're reading and sharing on the first paragraph that starts in nine cases out of ten. 
And if you've not shared in the last day or two, would you give me your first name and last initial? And I'll Charles H. Who I hear. Charles H. Kelly S. Somebody S. Speak Kelly. up. Kelly, Kelly. S. Irene B. Is that Irene or Irene? Irene B. Irene. Thank you. B. Jen A. I'm sorry, say that again. Jen A. Jen A. Sorry. Jen A. Anyone else? Someone's unmuting. I have Charles H., Kelly S., Irene B., and Jen A. Good morning, Charles. Good morning, Bronx Bomber. Thank you for your service. Charles <laughs> H., I'm a recovered. <laughs> we're not, we not, we not, everybody all crazy and serious. Chill. It's only Christmas Eve. It's only, it's only Tuesday. Um, it, I wanted to, I stood up today to say, if you're living for people's acceptance, you're going to die from their rejection. Like somebody said, people ain't going to have a ticket tape parade because we're ready to change and make reparations. This is an inside job. Matter of fact, people in the world think we're crazy. I know people in my world think I'm crazy. I cannot believe we have an OA meeting in Harlem. Unbelievable. People, we don't want, you know, I don't know why I said that, but I just felt like saying it. But, um, yeah, nine times out of ten, right? What about when you get that tenth case? that man with the leper, that man that don't care about who you think you're going to be or if you're reborn or you're trying to make reparations, you're trying to, you're trying to fix things, the outcome is left to, to the higher power. And you know what? I ain't scared to say it. I ain't taking it back. This is, this is if you look in the second um, edition, it went, when, when, when Bill W. took what he took from the Oxford group and left out some other things, these are religious practices. These are the religious ideas Abby was talking about on page nine in Bill's story, right, for amplification. You know, um, restitution and confession are religious ideas. You feel some type of way? You got a 10-step you could do on me. I'm on a lot of people's 10-step, and I don't feel no type of way behind that. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Charles H. Kelly. <clears throat> Kelly E Y S, it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning, Mara. Thank you so much for your service. It is Kelly E Y S in Oklahoma, recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, I was really excited about sharing on this, which I can't believe. So you guys uh, know I've been around for years, and I, you know, I have never ever done a formal eighth and ninth step, which I know sounds pretty crazy, right? I uh, I answered some questions in a booklet, and so I thought it was done. And I'm sure you're like, but it says make direct amends. I don't know. I just did what I was told and, you know, and obviously it didn't work. So anyway, um, and yes, my uh, ego was, this was, these were the steps I was really um, dreading. And I have to tell you guys, the unexpected happened. And I know everybody's got different experiences, but I totally lived in so so much delusion that my disease, my dis-ease, did not affect my family. I could see how drugs and alcohol did, but my eating, really, you know, and I just, 
you know, when I made these direct amends, the ones that were the absolute hardest were not people, they weren't enemies, they weren't, they weren't just friends and strangers, it was my family, it was my children, my grown adult children, and my um, ex-husband, um, and my current wife, and it was the people in my life that to find out um, how my disease had affected them, and, you know, it, it was, it still is shocking to me that I could have lived so much thinking my disease doesn't affect them. And so when I made direct amends to them, um, you know, like KG had shared, when I hear when I hear the pain that my disease, and it's not about the food, as we all know, has caused these people that I love dearly in my life and that I want to have relationships with, it was just so, such an awakening for me, and even more of a motivation of why I continue to do this work. And it was so healing. And I've heard that, you know, that this is these are the steps that we have to. Um, yes, we have to clean house, but we have to to make these amends. And I don't know. I just I can't tell you guys. I dreaded them for 30 something years. I did not make direct amends, and it didn't get me anywhere. So you know, I went through this work. I did what we were supposed to. I have four and a half years today. And yes, it was very painful, but it was freeing. You know, like we've been people have been sharing. This isn't about getting comfortable, right? But it's about being free. And today I'm free. And today I also have an awareness of what my behavior does to other people. And with God's help and these steps, I'm able to change. And the the gratitude is today I'm aware of this stuff and I want to do the work. And in the past, I just wanted that pixie, you know, God, that means today I know it's going to be Don't always like it. Doesn't always feel good. But I'm getting peace and freedom I never had in the 30-something years before doing this work. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Mara, for your service. Thank you, Kellyus. And if you're not Irene B., would you please mute your phone? And Irene B., good morning. It's your turn. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B., uh, recovered bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I am so grateful for the meetings in the last two or three days because um, because you guys are teaching me, you always are teaching me, I love this program, about what this program is all about. And um, I have been very confused about the step, the step nine process and um, had, a, had a lot of feelings about it and didn't know how to resolve it. So I'm going to share from the perspective of not of how to do it right, but how to do it wrong. Sometimes we learn by doing what we do wrong. Oh, my gosh, by hearing you guys, I came to realize this morning, suddenly it hit me. I was expecting a payback. I was expecting something good to happen for me in the process of amends. And when I didn't receive the response that I wanted, I was very triggered and very upset and very, very outraged and righteous that it's so unfair, it's so wrong, and it's like, look at you. Yes, 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 I'm wrong, but look at you. You're wrong, too. You're even more wrong than I am. That is not what the step nine is supposed to be about, but that's what I was doing. Oh, my gosh, how to do it wrong. I couldn't have been doing it more wrong. And then I will just say this. They say that whenever 
let's see, how does it go? That whenever there's trauma, that your emotional growth stops. And I just realized that I am emotionally a five-year-old who thinks that the world owes me. It has to make up for the wrongs that it did me. The world owes me entitlement. And with that approach, that's not going to get me far. That's, you know, I'm not a five-year-old. Five-year-olds do not function properly in the world. I need to grow up. I need to stop depending on other people and expecting other people to take care of me. I need to take care of myself, and I need to behave like an adult, not like a child. And somebody said to bite their lip until it bled, to keep your, you know, to keep from saying something when you're doing the amends. It's like, I can't do that. I can no more do that than go to the moon. But thank you guys for telling me what I need to do if I'm going to be right with God because this is not, this is not about me. This is about getting right with God. This is about Time. growing up. Thank you so much. I will pass. Thank you, Irene B. Jen A., it's your turn. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Ms. Mora. Thanks for your service. Uh, this is Jen A., recovered in Colorado today. Wow. So um, I remember the first time that I, I did these amends. Um, scared me to death, right? I wrote the list backwards and started with the easiest person first, and the last two people were um, my ex-husband's new wife. Um, I now call her the bonus mom and uh, my ex-husband. And um, I love the instructions here because it tells me right before these promises that we're reading today that if I go to them in a manner, right, that is quiet and still and steady and I speak directly to them and I'm honest and I'm truthful and I'm sincere, right, calm, frank, and open, that the results will be what? gratifying. And it's not that I'm going to get gratification. That's not it. But it's just telling me here, oh, and by the way, don't worry, right? We worry so much. Oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Leave the results up to God. You do the work. He is going to produce the results. And then it's going to give me two ways in which these results can turn out. And for me, with the bonus mom, I brought her to work. She came and had lunch with me. Um, you know, we sat across from each other. I made direct amends to her face-to-face. -face. And as we're walking out through the doorway, she says, you have such courage. She says, I admire you that you can do this. And we just hugged, and I tears fell from my eyes, and then that was great. Then I went to make amends to my ex-husband, right, next, because he was the last one. I'm like, oh, if I can do this for her, I can surely do this with him. Guess what? She didn't want me to make amends with him at this point, even after I had just done it with her, because she was threatened by me. Why? Because I had changed, and she didn't want him to take me back. And so um, the story goes like this, right? I looked at, at, at the words in this big book, and it told me that um, it, unless it's going to harm people, I didn't want to harm her. So I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter, and I gave it to both of them, and I handed it face-to-face -face in the car when they dropped off my daughter one time. And I said, you know, to my ex-husband, Scott, this is for you, and um, I, it's open to both of you. It has both of your names on it. Please feel free to read it, both of you. And here's what I'm going to tell you that, 
you know, whether how they how they reacted to me didn't matter. That's the last part of this paragraph that I absolutely love. It should not matter how someone reacts to me. That's not it. I'm still going to be calm, direct, honest. Because why? Because I have a heart full of courage. I have integrity. I'm willing. I come with a humble heart and I am full of love. Why? Because I need to repair the damage that I've done and that's the justice that I seek because I want to be right with my God and I do it on a daily basis. Sometimes I have to do it every week, make amends with people. My son last week, my coworker the week before, I'm definitely not perfect. Spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. I'm so glad I have this practical program of action to live by and with that I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. <clears throat> Thank you, Jen A. Okay, we've got, I want to say, time for three more shares. If you haven't shared in the last day or two, would you give me your first name, first initial? Melissa Nancy H. Melissa C. Somebody H. Nancy H. Nancy H. Anyone else? Melissa C., go ahead. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, yeah, you know, um, what this really tells me is that um, I can't be concerned with the outcome. And I've had, um, you know, like all people, I've had some really hard amends to make. And some... um, were surprising how well they were received, and some were like alarming and shocking by how they just weren't, you know, they weren't interested in my sorry at all, and or so seemingly so, you know. I had this um, coworker who, in my mind, um, I was terrified to make the amends. I had done her harm, you know. I stole from her. Um, I stole candy. Like how pathetic! And I had to, I had to go and make direct amends and. I was terrified that she would um, gossip about it. You know, I didn't want her to to uh, ruin my reputation. Um, and but I had, I knew I had to do it. And you know what happened was I was so scared of this woman's judgment of me, and she greeted me in the most like warm and loving way. Um, I saw her in a totally different light and. Um, and she disclosed something about herself, you know, her um, her family association with um, the 12 steps, that she had a child who was making amends and that it brought her child so much peace and recovery. And she shared that with me and said, um, I hope that you get the same results. And that blew my mind. And I don't know whether she gossiped about it to anybody else. It didn't matter, you know. Um, it just didn't matter anymore, and I felt such freedom that day. And then, you know, I had another instance with my aunt who um, it was hard to make amends to her and because um, I definitely did her harm, but it took me some time to get over what I saw that she did to me. You know, I had to let that go first. And when I made, attempted to make the direct amends to her, she didn't want to talk to me. She completely refused to talk to me, and I was, I couldn't believe it that, you know, I was like, whoa, but I actually felt freedom, you know, and what turned out was she didn't want my sorry, 
she wanted me to change. And I've had that opportunity to change with her. And we actually have a relationship today. You know, I'm I'm having an opportunity to do different the things that I had done wrong. And what it really did was it opened up the door for some other family members to make peace with her as well. I can't believe that that's what occurred, um, but it did. It just didn't occur right away. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Nancy H., it's your turn. Good morning, Nancy. Star one, we don't hear Hi, you, good Nancy. Good morning. Yeah, sorry about that. Thank you, moderator. My name is Nancy H. from Boston, and I am a gratefully recovered overeater. And um, I just absolutely love this step and have had so much of a new life um, based on the way I was guided with a loving sponsor and with God's help. Um, I had lived a lot of years and came from come from a really large family of origin and um so my first demand was to um an a sister who um is like thirteen months my junior and I was guided by my sponsor to keep it really simple but um detailed and that seemed like a huge <laughs> a huge task so i ended up um meeting her face to face and you know detailing some of what i was sorry for um but never said the word sorry but um basically told her that she just didn't have the sister that she deserved and it was a very powerful experience um I'm not a person who cries easily, but we both were crying. And, um, you know, fast forward like 12 years later, and that sister is joining my husband and me for dinner today. And we spend all holidays together. And her birthday was recently. We spent that together. And, you know, it's just, I don't know, the freedom that comes with this um, process Um I'm really reminded about the seventh step and, you know, I don't want to do amends and I've had a good amount of experience doing them and even though I don't want to do them when I, you know, ask God to free me from the pride of, you know, looking a little bit, I feel like humiliated, um, God removes all of it and I just show up and do do the type of amend that has worked for me, which is face-to-face, and I had a lot of people um, on my list who have died, and, um, you know, the the prayer letter amends um, that I got to read to my sponsor and to God, just, it, it was just the most remarkable experience, um, except for face-to-face ones, you know, it was just really, and, um I suppose those are indirect amends. Um, it just felt very direct because God was so involved with it. And, um, yeah, so I'm really, really grateful today to be able to open my mouth. I listened to this meeting and have for three years, and um, I think I've spoken once. And so today I was really guided to, you know, uh, share. So thank you so much, and with that I'll pass. 
Thank you, Nancy H. <clears throat> we have time for two two-minute shares. Who would like to share? Chris Star one to share. She's not shared in the last day or two. Pete B. Jill T. Jill T. Go ahead. I've got my two. Thank you, Pete B. and Jill T. Good morning, Pete B. Good morning, Mark. Pete B. Compulsive over here. Recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Thanks for taking the meeting. Heard so many good things, and you know, just want to. you know, reiterate what you said earlier, right? I mean, I, I had, I had, I had lots of amends, lots of things on my eight-step list where I felt as though I needed to make amends. But when I sat down with a with a guide and we talked about what I was really after, what I was really after was special, were special, were, were were like some kind of special reaction from them. It was more more about bandstanding than it was about fixing something wrong. So there were a lot that got eliminated almost immediately and. You know, I had others on there that I said, well, I'm going to write a letter to these people. And uh, my sponsor told me pretty clearly, if I didn't, if I didn't harm them over the, through the mail, I don't get to make an amends to them through the mail. There's directions. And the last thing, you know, I just want to say this. Like our book says many, many times again, this is our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. Right? It says we have to play the Good Samaritan every day regardless of the circumstances. I can't look at my present behavior as a making up for my poor behavior in the past. Right? It says very clearly we make direct amends. And there are things that we have to do on a regular basis every single day as part of this program justify or qualify as an amends or some type of living amends. Regardless of the situation, I have got, have got to be the best example of my God's love, my God's will, and my God's way of life. And I cannot look at that as I'm doing some type of, in some way, making up for my bad behavior of the past. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. Jill T., it's your turn. Good morning, Jill. Jill Star One. There we go. Yeah, I timed out. Hey, um, very um, One amazing conversation. Yeah, can you hear me? I can. Good, okay. Thank you. Yeah, uh, great conversation and topics, and I, I'm I'm just so grateful for everybody's um, um, uh, authenticity and, and uh, honesty this morning. I'm getting little bits of it, and uh, that I I need to go deeper in some areas of my um, step nine, and I'm grateful for. Um, uh, opening my eyes to um, to courage and boldness and um, to the fact that doing the hard thing can can result in great um, satisfaction and relief and peace and that I'm looking forward to in uh, other relations as well that I haven't done my nine ninth step on yet so uh, just thank you everyone and um, Grateful to be part of a um, um, a, a, a program that is so gracious and moving me along through life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Guilty, and you are our last share for the day. Thank you to everyone who shared this morning. 
<clears throat> Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And today's share ID is 13,868-13868. So we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Allison L. please read a vision for you? I will. Allison L., Recover Compulsive Eater in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.